Heaven high. Heaven high. Welcome. Welcome to you too. You can introduce it for a change. What episode, etc. Episode you know, two hundred and thirty-seven of the Rum Doings podcast. That's podcast at rumdoings.com and indeed rumdoings.com and probably Facebook slash rumdoings. I would imagine I've never been and there. at rumdoings as well at rumdoings on the Twitterings. While Twitter still exists, which which you think will die out first, email or Twitter? Uh, Twitter, because email will never die out. Good. Because it's an open protocol and Twitter is a company and people forget that. I don't. I never forget that. Literally always thinking that at any point of time. It's in your brain like a little incubus whispering to you as in Caesar's ear. Twitter is a company. That's all I ever consider. Yes. So how you been doing? Well, I haven't said the topic yet. So quite, quite not okay. Mm. Tell me the topic. It's rubbish. Okay. Ready to be disappointed. I'm always disappointed by you. (laughs) That's good, as long as there's a consistent streak. It is a streak, a streak of runny poo. Isn't it about time the NHS stopped prescribing fake news? Yeah, so I told you, there's no point in doing a pretend angry silence. So how are you doing? (sighs) How's your, how's how's your, the ghost of your gallbladder, Is is it coming back to haunt you? No, but the hole in which it once lived is a mm-hmm. little echoey hole of pain. Oh, it really? It doesn't hurt unless I very, very specifically lean on where it used to be. And then it goes, oh, like that. And are you going to sue the doctors for that? No. Did they warn you about this? I specifically asked for it. <laughs> it's like a scourge, a religious scourge. That's right. To remind you that you are a fallen sinner. That's right. Indeed, is that not about the position that Jesus was speared on the cross? Nick, that's maybe a coincidence, or maybe it isn't. Effectively, watch out for the stigmata that'll be appearing on your hands soon. I am wearing earbud headphones as my sturdy regular headphones have let us down this week. And the sound of my own voice is very confusing in my head today. Is it? Well, it's because essentially I've got earplugs in and I'm talking, so it sounds like I'm underwater. It's very weird. Do you want to record this underwater at some stage? Yes, very much so. Could you at least have the decency to confirm that I may have been right about Donald Trump? Can we compromise and I'll record it while holding your head underwater? As long as you do what I just said? Yes. No. I don't know. I said may... No, I think you don't get to claim any rightness on Donald Trump. Um, I do. So no, you don't. Of course, I do. You can't I just th- go. You can't just throw out a whole bunch of nonsense, be wrong on all of it, but one bit, and go there. See, I was right. I was right. I said, don't worry. It's <laughs> you said a lot of things, com- all of which are wrong, but for one tiny no. bit. I said, I said, uh, indeed, I was a. T- somebody wanted to kill me, literally on Twitter. It's there. They said, I wish you died. Because I said I wouldn't worry too much about Trump because I don't think he'll have the competence to push through all his policies. It looks like I may be right. No, it looks like you may be wrong. He's failed to push through one of his policies. Whereas big yesterday one. he scrapped all of Obama's uh, environmental uh, no, policies. He didn't. No, he didn't. He signed a letter of intent. Let's see what happens next, shall we? He's allowed that pipeline to go ahead, but the, you love pipelines. So. Which, which, which Obama also loved until a week before the election. Carry on, please. He still st- said he wouldn't do it, even though... 
Who wouldn't do it? Obama said he wouldn't do it even though. He's a liar. Your face is a liar. Are you looking forward to Theresa? She signed the letter. Except <sighs> that letter means she'll do it. I wonder, I was thinking hmm. this morning about, about this very matter. And I was pondering to myself what was going through her head as she wrote this thing that she had actively campaigned against. She hadn't actively campaigned against. She'd passively campaigned against. Okay, fair enough. That's, but she that's had been on the side of no, don't do it. She No, what she'd been on was the side of very carefully playing a game of uh, easy chess. And she said, for now, I need to give the impression of not rocking the boat and of being a team player with um, David Cameron. But I will do that as lukewarm and as unenthusiastically as possible. And then when necessary, I'll flip round. Uh, her, her natural intent, of course, is uh, obviously Brexit and anti-foreigner. So she was playing um, Boris Johnson's game, except inverse. And she picked the right way to play it. So do you think, therefore, she has she she doesn't really care either way? I think that she she likes the idea of Brexit because she has a a curtain twitchy deputy headmistress of a failing uh, girls provincial school attitude to foreigners, and so I think that instinctively she prefers to uh, distance ourselves from the garlic eating eating onion swingers. And because of that, I suspect that she's quite delighted to be pushing this through. She also gets to channel her inner Thatcher quite well by giving one, giving one to, to the, 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 the WAPs. <laughs> to the Italians, specifically. No, they're all WAPs, really. All oh, a bit greasy, bit greasy, bit, you know. So I, I, I suspect that it's probably not that much more sophisticated than that. She isn't that sophisticated, John, in case you hadn't noticed in her pronouncements no. or in what appears to motivate her. And I think if we look for too much sophistication, we, we, we get lost in an imaginary forest. The real uh, trees are a few sturdy British oaks that are rotten in the core, though. So they'll only look sturdy. And that's 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 your Teresa. I I do wonder though whether she has given any thought to whether this might turn out to be completely chaotic or whether she really has told herself that everything will be fine it's fine it's fine that's the bit i'm not sure about whether she wakes up at three in the morning panicking and doesn't tell anybody about that and do you know the horrible thing i think yes. she does i think she doesn't well that's, i know that's that what's she's... really horrible She's very keen. She's always been very keen on escaping the pesky nature of human rights, hasn't she? So she gets her little weird fat fantasy comes true. Exactly. And she's been uh, annoyed by this. And she's been annoyed ever since the judges told her she was talking nonsense about that cat. And she's a very, very vindictive person. So I've heard. So uh, again, who have you heard that from? Who told you that? Uh, I can't tell you who told me that. Can you tell me off air? Yes. Oh, good. Yeah. <laughs> Listener, you won't find but, plus, but But actually, she's... I mean, she has a reputation for that. If you listen to what any of her ex-cabinet colleagues have said, nobody has a warm word to say about her. At best, they'll say she's marginally competent and is able to ensure that she the blame never falls on her shoulders. But she's she has no warmth. She has no humanity. There are no moments, oh, you wouldn't believe it when Theresa did X, Y, and Z, or Theresa quipped ABC. That never happens. 
uh, and she never opens up. She never reveals any inner humanity at all, ever. There's not one anecdote that exists to show that. And if you look at even her admirers, they kind of say she's a steely woman. She's um, no nonsense. She's a bit brisk. She She's businesslike. The adjectives uh, and descriptions that they use are very telling. So I don't think you're going to find much in the core of her soul that's evidently humane. And because of that, as I said, I don't think she does wake up at three in the morning doubting herself. I don't think she doubts herself at all. Is she a bad? So she's definitely... Well, I mean, I think she's a baddie, but do you agree that she's a baddie then? She might have a weird sort of autism, actually. A sort of special lady autism. Because, <laughs> as you know, as you know, only only boys can be autistic normally. No, no such thing as an autistic girl. Yeah, that's right, Nick. You're mm. very strange. Mm. How have you been doing? Yeah. Anything else to say? How, how, you haven't answered properly. No. Uh, I want to get to the core of your soul and to see whether you're waking <laughs> up at three in the morning panicking. Uh, I woke up at a, uh, a, a undisclosed hour of the morning. Mm-hmm. Well, talking about undisclosed hours, I, ha- I oh, had... Oh, like- you don't care! I had a thing! And you just talked all over it! Yeah, because it sounded like it was going to be dull, but... Let- I even let- wrote a note down at three in the morning when okay, I woke I'll up. Give- it was undisclosed, so now it's three. No, the hour was undisclosed. I was just... I don't... Because I can't remember what time it was. Well, go on then. Tell us your anecdote. I just wrote down... On my phone, I thought I woke up. I thought I have to write this down. Victims of bank heist during end of the world. Victims of bank heist during end of the world. Well, I'm not sure that the you know the, the victims of the bank heist will say, "Look, I know the world is ending, but I still expect reparations because of this bank heist." That doesn't sound likely, does it? Not that bit doesn't. No, but my bit does. I'm not telling you anymore because it's actually a good idea. But that's the note I took. Really, and this is going to turn into. Uh, oh, you'll be, you'll be sorry. It's You'll be sorry to... you mocked me. Are you going to sell it to the BBC, to Netflix or to Amazon? I'm not going to go to the BBC with it. Obviously, it's minimum of Netflix, probably HBO. <laughs> right. It doesn't sound like a good idea, John. You won't be allowed to visit my castle. <laughs> no. <laughs> oh, dear. No, that doesn't sound good at all. I all be... the things I note down at three in the morning are amazing ideas. When Talking I wake up and think, I must write this down because I'll have forgotten it by the morning. Anyway, going back to the undisclosed hour, I, I had an idea because sometimes, I don't know about you, you you probably got a big clock that glows brightly in your room and keeps you awake. Nope. Uh, I don't. I so don't some... allow any... Laura has a digital clock that is invisible from my side of the bed. So what I... Uh, the, the problem is, I sometimes wake up at night and I think, are we close to the morning, aren't we? What time is it really? And the only option is to uh, take your phone, unlock your phone, look at, see what the time is. Mm-hmm. So, so I thought what I would do instead is I'd get a, a, one of those mini Raspberry Pis for five pounds, which has got the wireless on now. And the, and I noticed that one of the, the resellers was selling uh, um, a plug-in LED, which you could change the light color of, and you could have sixteen million colors. So you can have any hue you want. And I said, what <laughs> I would, you're building yourself a grow clock. No, 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 no. But it's one LED. So what I will do is I will, it'll start at midnight as red. Yes. And then we'll go, and then the next hour will be orange, yellow, green, blue, indigo, and violet. In other words, taking you up to seven in the morning. And so I, I'll know that, and I'll put it under the, my bedside table so there's only a gentle glow. And I'll know by the very gentle glow of color bouncing from underneath my table 
basically what hour of the morning it that's is. A, that's a lovely idea. There's one small flaw. What? There isn't a distinguishing d- difference between indigo and violet. They're, in fact, fact, the rainbow only has the six colours. The rainbow you, won't, you won't be able to tell the difference. You're, you're, you're talking seven. nonsense. Uh, the rainbow has an infinite number of colours. Well, yes, clearly. But there isn't a dis- there, are, there aren't two different purples in the rainbow. That's just nonsense. Yeah, of course there is. There are and you're infinite, not going to be able to tell the difference between infinite, those two colours on your LED system. There are an infinite number of purples. But the way I will do it is I'll go red, which will be obvious. Orange is obvious. Yellow is obvious. Green will be a kind of jade green. Now, here we get ambiguous. Blue, I will have as a kind of uh, almost like a sky blue. Then indigo will be a dark blue and violet will Mm. actually be a kind of pinky colour. I think seven. Okay. I think the final one should just be flashing. No, I don't need to do I don't need any flashing at seven in the morning. Uh, you, you, it's a more sophisticated. Actually, no. It's it's more six six. Really, it'll start at seven. There'll be no light at all. It's a more sophisticated version of the grow clock. It is, but also I think it. it uh, I quite like the idea that you know where you are in the rainbow. That's <laughs> lovely. Well, at yeah. the moment we have Toby just has the blue and yellow system. So Which when is... he starts bellowing at five thirty in the morning, we just say over the baby monitor. We say, Toby, is your clock yellow? And he says, oh, Grumble, mumble, grumble, and lies back down again. Why does he do that? Because he knows he's not allowed to get up until the clock's yellow. Sounds a bit fascistic. Why can't he get up when he wants to? Is he well, he, can, he can get up and play in his cot, but mummy and daddy aren't going to come into the room until his clock's yellow. Well, what if he wants to leave the cot, come into your room and jump onto your bed? Well, fortunately, he's still young enough that he can't. That's coming very soon. So he's a prisoner? Yes, he's still in prison. We're savouring it. As every single one of our friends has recommended, keep those bars on bed as long as you humanly can. You're probably causing great mental trauma and you'll end up being a sociopath. Hopefully, that's the plan. Yeah, as long as it's a, as long as you earn some money. I saw Judith's cot. I know perfectly well that she had one. No, no. We, she, no, she, no. She, I she, imagined had, she, had, she had one for a very short period of time and we gave up on that very quickly because we didn't wish to be bending over to put her into it. So what she got was, we got her a bed quite quickly. Uh, quite a, an adult-sized single bed, but a very low one. And that's been her room, although she doesn't spend much time in it, to be honest. Most of the time she, she, there's a, she makes a nest in our room and comes in at about two in the morning and spends the evening there. Lovely. Hmm. Well, we're not making a big deal of it. Is she at least quiet? I'm not usually woken by her, but Victoria is the world's lightest sleeper. So if a gnat flew past Jupiter, she'd <laughs> wake up. Yeah. I have lots of exciting... I have a Google Keep on my phone. Uh-huh. I take amazing notes that don't make a lick of sense when I look back at them. Why do you do this? Because I think at the time when I'm writing them, it's absolutely essential I don't forget. Right. So, like, I've got one that says here, they stop sleeping before the end. Is this is this basically ideas for shows? It's not... not n- or none games? Of them, none of them is for a TV show. What's it for, then? They're just ideas either for... They're normally for stories that I... In my head... But I have no idea. That's the point. My point is I have no idea what they stop sleeping before the end means. Yeah, but when do you write these things down? Are you going senile? I mean, you should have some idea. No, because no, the thing is, it's like, uh, it's very frustrating. Oh, I can just see where there's a tiny grey little date at the bottom. So they stopped sleeping before the end was written on the 12th of March 2014. So three years ago, I wrote that obscure sentence. So no, I don't remember what time? the exact context of that. What time was this? It doesn't, t- it doesn't have a time. It may have a timestamp. It doesn't. It says edited, and then the and then the date. Ugh. 
I've got another one here. The the real causes behind ghost towns. It <laughs> uh, sounds like rum doings topics. This is a good one. I know what this one is. The baby that ate time. That's a good one. I know what that means. What does it mean? I'm not telling. It's the 12th of January 2015. Well, you're not going to use that idea ever, so tell me what it means. No, I am. I'm going to use the baby that ate time. Ugh. It sounds corny. Um, but that's the idea of that one. You know the problem with time? Every every opportunity that anybody has to create a metaphor for it, the metaphor begs the question because the metaphor itself involves time. Try and create a metaphor of time that doesn't involve time. People say, oh, it's like it's like the flowing of a river. No, flowing is the movement of water over time. Don't get to do that. Sorry, you've used time to describe time. So describe time without using time. Time? Marks, get set, go. Time is like blue. How so, John? I, I think it's self-evident. Please help us. This struggled. is a brilliant note. Person sees impossible things happening, things moving, floating, etc. And is later revealed that it's just him holding stuff. <laughs> That's an amazing note. It, well, no, that would work as a very short comic strip. Yeah. Where you said, no, no. You have no idea. just holding up the vase. That's Exactly. Um, I've always liked the, uh, my, my great movie idea that someone else has to make, because I'm, I'm very unlikely to make a movie. Oh, okay. Um, is, and I th- I'm fairly certain I've discussed this on the podcast before, but it's the the superhero movie meets Fight Club. So the idea is that, because, you know, the, the conceit... Careful, don't give away any of... The conceit the... of Fight Club is that Tyler Durden, blah, blah, blah. Everyone knows the conceit of Fight Club. No, there isn't there. there are, I know somebody who hasn't watched it yet and who listens to well, this. Well, then they, they, and... should, in, they should press pause, watch it. No, don't, no. And... I, I'm going to have to veto this. This is ridiculous. Anyway, so a superhero movie. Mm-hmm. Um, so, of course, the conceit of superhero movies is that, is that somehow everyone in the world doesn't know that it's the same person just with a different hat. Yes. Um, All glasses on off. So it does it not become much more interesting if the person who doesn't know is the person. So the idea that, that it's uh, someone who doesn't isn't aware that they are their own uh, superhero alter ego. Are you sure this hasn't been done? I'm th- absolutely certain because I've searched for it. And I think it's a brilliant idea. So sort of Fight Club meets superhero. But what if they're told, though? Somebody will tell them and say, actually, you, you do know that you are Superman. Well, no, because the whole... The, in superhero land, no one knows. No one knows that Clark Kent is Superman. Sorry to have spoiled that one if anyone hasn't seen Superman yeah. yet. Um, no one knows that Clark Kent is Superman until he has the... Uh, until he eventually cracks and tells a, a person. Um or as indeed Moriarty said in the TV series Lois and Clark, um, said, glasses on, glasses off, Soup, Clark Kent, Superman, you're the stupidest woman in the universe. <laughs> she is. Which is my fair. all-time favourite TV quote. Anyway, um, he, uh, yeah, so no one knows, so therefore there's no reason anyone would tell him. So he, indeed, Clark Kent doesn't know that he's also Superman. And the audience watching the film doesn't know either until they have, the audience has that moment of revelation, mo- moments or scenes before the hero himself does. That's a good movie plot. <laughs> Someone should do that. I tried, anyway, so this little Raspberry Pi thing that I did, I actually bought the LED. Oh, you have, you've tried it, have you? No, no, hold on. I bought the LED and then you had to put in these, you had to solder in this kind of uh, uh, attachment bar to attach the LED to the, um, to the uh, pie. And so I bought a little soldering iron and some solder 
and I turned out I'm the house world's down. worst. I'm the world's worst soldier, and I managed to managed to destroy the Raspberry Pi with my oh, soldering. Oh no! I mean, I I thought I finally it looked like a total mess, but I thought, okay, at least I don't think I'm shorting out any of the pins. And then I tried to turn on the Pi, and this little LED wouldn't come on. So I'm, I guess I held the um, I guess I held the soldering iron against the pin for too long and it burnt the thing out i don't know i mean it's all last time i sold it i was at school and it didn't seem that difficult then so i don't know what's gone wrong you're a man of many talents but you are astonishingly cack-handed yes so if any of our uh, listener have soldering tips that they can tell me <laughs> i'd be glad to hear them. so oh, make sure that you tin there's a podcast the, make sure you tin the tip of the solder yeah well except there was no tinning. As soon as the, the tip of my soldering iron touched the solder, the solder effectively turned into little beads of mercury that tried to run away from the soldering iron. So I really, maybe I'm trying to solder with mercury. Maybe that's the problem. That could be it. Also, the other thing about solder is it does like to, it, when I've soldered it, it's very much suffered from premature ejaculation. Mm. Just like, <coughs> yes, that's no good. No, I, w- I wouldn't bother with it. Oh my goodness. This is a brilliant note. What? This one says, a long, uh, oh, a long, it should say, ask for someone's autograph. And mm-hmm. then, so the idea, I'll explain it because this sentence doesn't really make grammatical sense. Go into a room, you see someone famous, so you go up to them and ask for their autograph. Mm-hmm. And then when they've given it, you then just go up to everyone else and ask for their autographs too. What? All the, all the people who just are... Just the regular people. M- milling around. Yeah. Because that would make it. the celebrity think, oh, look how special and important I am. And then they go, oh... <laughs> Oh, this is a madman. Another here's another idea in the same same keep. Uh-huh. <laughs> There's one that makes it's one that says flirting but kind of rude and confusing. <laughs> I don't know what that means. I think that was just describing your day. Just the, just something I'd been up to. Um yeah. <laughs> this is a good one though. Shouting, you touched him last and running off uh with a toddler. Really? Flirting confusingly and then touching a toddler and That's right, off. that's what I'm advocating. <laughs> okay. No, this is a good idea. So you're in public and say some old lady goes, oh, isn't he an adorable little thing? And ruffles his hair and you say, you touched him last and then just run away. Or you're it. That would be very funny. You're it doesn't work in that context. Stop trampling over my very good joke. I prefer you're it. It doesn't work in that context. Well, make it work. <sighs> make it work. I think it's it, it, it it's quite possible. What was the last magazine that you bought? Uh, Wired. You bought a copy of Wired? I didn't read it. I just bought it. When was this? 1827? It went into recycling in pristine condition. Why did you do this? Uh, I I was on a whim. I just thought I would fancy reading a a copy of Wired. Do you know, I bought a magazine for a little while um, last year and the year before. There was a magazine called Android Magazine. Oh, right. It was an unofficial, seems... funnily enough, that... Android magazine. That pub... seems queer. Published by uh, Future Publishing of all. No, it wasn't. It was the other one. Imagine, I think. Mm-hmm. Anyway, it wasn't too bad. It was an interesting magazine. And every every issue, I'd come away with some good new apps to install and a few games to try out. And... What made you do that? I missed magazines. That's it. it was a genuine case of missing having a magazine to buy and read. And I really enjoyed it. And then they had the strangest experience. I was reading through this magazine. I remember this is published by Imagine or IDG, one of the publishers I've never worked for. Right. Um, and, I'm re- and I don't know anyone who's working for it, um, no. writing for it. And I'm, I'm paging through the magazine. And then there's, a, there's an app that's of something about using your contact history in a different way or something. 
and then I see my name and photograph on the on a screenshot. Are you still there after your PC just had a little asthmatic attack? My PC didn't do anything. I've I've been looking at the IP traffic. Your your connection blipped. Oh, that's interesting. Are you you still using the tin cans connected to your motor? I'm very unhappy with Virgin service. Well, John, I'm sure that uh, what's what's interesting is the listener just heard an anecdote that I will never hear. So shall we just leave it like that? I can't believe you missed out on my little anecdote. As I, uh, uh, the last thing I heard was you said um, that y- you were pa- you were paging through the magazine and then it all went... No, I want you to hear, because I, I, I think you'll be astonished. Okay, astonishing me. Poor listener's already heard this. You're going to you're gonna have to word it in a slightly different way to make it sound interesting. I'll say it in French. Okay, go on then. I don't, I can't speak French. Bugger. I turned the page and there on a screenshot for this app about contact sorting was my name and photograph. Why? <laughs> Whoever was writing this article, a freelancer writing this article, obviously had interacted with me at some point and his Google his, had me and his contacts. It was a very strange experience to see your own face coming out of a magazine you have nothing to do with. That does sound odd, I have to say. It was uh, very uh, odd and alien. Because obviously, I mean, I wrote for PC Gamer. I had my photograph in PC Gamer for 10 years. Hmm. Kieran pointed out once, back in those days, when I wrote for it before now, I think it sells about seven copies now. But back in my day, it was selling around 80,000 copies. Mm-hmm. And Kieran once had us all work out how many copies of our photograph are in existence. It's a horrible thought. <laughs> Um, anyway, yeah, so that was a very, it was, I was like, this magazine is detached from everything I do. It's nothing to do with work. It was yeah. my own little thing. And then I was in it. And that was very uncomfortable. Um, however, I, I enjoyed this magazine very much. And then it just stopped. It died. I know I was watching the, uh, the flannel panel, which contained an astonishing three credited names. <laughs> oh gosh, this, this magazine is just being churned out by freelancers, which did make me think, gosh, if I weren't running my own website, I could make a fortune with this magazine. But what I want to know about the magazine is, uh, do you think it was... I'm sorry, Jesus my Christ. wife has decided to open the door and Why? and I said, no, don't do that, and then she's coming in anyway. Uh, nobody cares about your children, John. You think your child's very interesting. Everybody else in the world says, oh, just another gaping maw to feed. I know, but this is exactly what you did with your daughter. I daughter. sing a song for you, Daddy. No. Are you? Oh, what song are you going to sing for us, Toby? Twinkle, twinkle, oh, what a surprise. Come on, keep going. I'm sing twi- can you sing Twinkle Star for us? And chocolate bar. I'm not and chocolate bar. That's the silly version of the song. <laughs> Nick is forgetting, Toby, that he did this every episode for about two years with his daughter. Yeah, but she was a girl. <laughs> keep singing. Twinkle, Nobody wants to hear the patriarchy's voice. So beautiful. Everyone listening to the podcast just burst into applause. As My only Nick. wish Nick is that you're walking across a bridge with him one day and an mist passes by in a very fast car. Okay, thanks. <laughs> this is great. This is such beautiful revenge. Toby, can you say that Uncle Nick is a silly poo-poo face? Uncle Nick is a silly poo-poo face. There we go. And we've got our title for the episode. Brilliant. Uh, Bugger off, Toby. 
your majesty. Yeah. You can't speak. Quiet. Yes, I'm not going to... If she thinks that she's going to get a speaking extra fee... Oh, bugger off, you annoying child. <laughs> He's singing his hilarious satirical version. Right, can you take him away, please, Laura? Come on, then, take me, baby. Have a lovely time. Nobody wants twinkles. you. Yes, you do. Go away. <sighs> Laura, please. Oh, it's like that BBC interview all over again. It is, isn't it? This is going yeah. to be an internet sensation. Are you're <laughs> are we, John, are we going to go no viral? Way, get out of my house. I've emptied your bin, sir. I hope, <laughs> I hope it doesn't leave. Bin, sir. I'm so sorry, Nick. The thing is, um, when that happens, you're kind of jokey, but actually inside you do feel a bit annoyed. It's interesting. I feel, I remember every, every episode when you did that with Judy and Victoria, that yes, it was really bloody annoying. It is, but it's not cute. You don't think, oh, that's really cute. You think, okay, I, 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 it's not like uh, I, I'm annoyed that my house is being repossessed annoyed, but it is pretty <laughs> annoying. <laughs> I thought you, I think if you were fa- being fair, you would comment on how Toby can sing in tune. So he is at least I was thinking that from his mother, no, not no, his father. I, I was thinking that. I was thinking, why is he singing more or less in tune? And then I wondered whether you therefore don't sing to him. I sing to him all the time, but my songs are unconventional. Okay. Sprechstimme. So well, that's good. That means that he has an innate sense of tonality, yeah. which is nice. Good. Are you going to put him on an instrument? I would like to, but I don't want him to feel any pressure. Oh, no, you have to feel a bit of pressure, otherwise it doesn't work. Yeah, I know, exactly. And it, well, because I can't be bothered he's, to practice. He's, right now he's two, so he's just about capable of whacking things. So maybe drums. Yeah, which is basically the average mental age of, of, of a drummer. He's fascinated <laughs> by instruments, by musical instruments, though. He absolutely loves them and wants to go and see them. And was in fact, Laura took him to Bath Abbey yesterday and mm-hmm. he was very upset that there was no one playing the organ and asked if he could come back when there was. You should have just asked or she should have just asked whether she could have a tinkle. Well, I don't think Laura has. Any and then played the department. organ. Hey! Now just played a few chords or something. Uh, he would think, have been pleased. I think in an average church that would be fine. But in Bath Abbey, that's a bit of a daunting thing to ask. I imagine you'd have to have it's the organist seat is probably up in the up on the wall as well. Have you ever played a church organ? Even yeah, just sat yeah, down. So, uh, but when I, I was, I've uh, not. When I was a kid, I uh, the the little parish church we went to. Um, uh, had a, a sort of one of those ghastly 1950s art deco-y organs. Oh, uh, no, no, no. I'm talking about a proper pipe no, organ. Yeah, a pipe organ. But it was just one of those really ugly wooden looking ones. But it was it was a pipe organ. It had the foot pedals and the two rows of keys and all the works. And we used to go and sit and, and play on it after church. Did it have stops that you could pull out and yes, change? Yes, it did. Okay. So you, you uh, and did you feel a sense of power while you were doing it? No, or was we it a bit always, of a wheezy? We were always getting away with it until we got caught. Right. This was a church where um, the Sunday school, uh-huh. Mrs. Lambert at the Sunday school, who I assume is long, long dead, uh-huh. um, used to tell us that uh, if you do bad things, you go to hell. Right. So that was nice. That was a lovely. Was, I'm sure was, I, 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 my memory was they never said the second half to that little story, but uh, I only ever remember being terrified of hell from Sunday school. So that was fun. John, yeah. was, 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 was fiddling with your organ considered hell worthy? Well done. And well, what was it? What, would, would that, if she'd have found you playing it was, on the organ, I was would a, you have said, it was a, actually, you're going to go to hell now? I was, it was, this was Sunday school. I wasn't even aware what my penis was for. 
No, I'm talking about the organ. Oh, I see. I thought you were doing... I mean, like, if she caught you playing in the church organ, would, would that have been a oh, trivial... Oh, no, 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 no. It was nothing like that. Because I was going to say the other extreme of this, so the vicar was a universalist, <laughs> which is why my parents eventually decided it probably wasn't the church for them. Yes. Oh, very nice chap, but <laughs> didn't seem to have any notion of un- of, of faith, <laughs> which was uh, odd. Hmm. That is a bit bit strange. You should you could maybe write a little a small book saying churches that I've been to that sort of just gives a guide to different flavours of churches you visited and the benefits and failings of different styles and a bit, a bit, a bit like, you know, those those uh, quixotic guides to travelling around the countryside and going to different B and B's. You could do that. It there was a website, a... I don't know if it's still going, called Ship of Fools. Which mm-hmm. was at one point a fairly decent Christian satire site. It, it stopped being, in my memory, but it had a thing called Mystery Worshipper, where people who would, if you were in a different town and you go into a church for the first time, you did a sort of mystery shopper report back on that church, and it was very churches, churches, churches. It was a very insightful uh, guide to how bad churches are. Uh, the most important thing about a church is obviously it's acoustic and architecture. Everything else <laughs> that's right, Nick. That's the most well, for me it is. I wouldn't attend a church that uh, didn't have the appropriate gothic accoutrement. Well, that's because your interest, the only reason you would approach it, you would approach a church was for the gothic accoutrement. If you were in need, then the great, most important thing about the church is whether it attempted to meet your needs. No, my need is that it plays very good music in a context of gothic accoutrement. There you go. I'm sure you'll easily find churches that meet that need. Okay. Well, no, actually, we have an interesting church up the road, which is uh, halfway between Art Deco and Brutalist, uh, John Keeble Church. People can look it up. It's architecturally very interesting because it's kind of a, it has a foot in both traditions. Is that the Super Duper Gospel Church? No, 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 no. Oh, okay. It's just a standard one. Uh, um, it's, it's the church that's the road from judy's school and occasionally the vicar comes and gives a talk in assembly good i bet he's no, is the, he awful i think he's a bit trendy but i don't think he i think I, he's just milk i, I think he's just a bit milk such tea. good assemblies did you did you go you know kids yay kids yeah hey kids jesus is like uh is like a tango. You like uh, you're watching your YouTube's. Jesus is a bit like Pootie Pie. Um, yeah. The, no, we did a. I mean, Steve, my old vicar boss. We did a. Uh, we used to do an assembly where we would get senior teachers in the school to put Alka Seltzer and lemonade in their mouth at the same time. Why? Because it just made them froth at the mouth, and all the kids would laugh at them. Oh, to emulate uh, speaking in tongues and being possessed. <laughs> no, demonic possession. Demonic possession. Well, yeah, I, yeah, I genuinely like... cannot. I think it was just purely because it was funny and demeaned the teachers in front of the students. That was pretty yeah, how... much the only reason we did it. What, what Christian lesson were you there teaching? Wa- there, wasn't, there wasn't anything Christian attached to doing that. It was just funny. I think that you wait. You you might. Okay, so you had your laughs, yeah. and maybe somebody. Hey, now soul... we've all had a good laugh, but it's time to get a little bit more serious. Maybe somebody saw what Jesus saved liked that to day. have a good laugh. Okay, yeah, you say that. No, you we say didn't that. do that. But let's assume that somebody in that assembly could have been saved. You didn't. They've subsequently been knocked over by a vespa uh-huh. and have died. Yes. And are in hell right now because of because of your little Alka Seltzer joke. Uh huh. 
How does that make you feel? Well, I'm I I can be, I feel fairly certain that there would have been another portion to the assembly that would have had some sort of message to it that I've entirely forgotten, just not related to that particular stunt. Um, also, we did lots of different assemblies with different messages in them. Also, I think it's quite useful for the vicar to turn up and 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 not just be proselytizing all the time, but just to be a person. Really? Yeah. That you're always waiting for that moment, aren't you? What moment? Okay, this oh, is yes, quite an yes. interesting story. Okay, he seems to be showing some humanity. Come on, come on. Uh, awkwardly segue, awkwardly... <laughs> ah, there it is. Fortunately, Steve was a rare... Uh, is still a rare beast in the in these circles. Sort of thought for the day moment. Because I remember... Oh, I remember the bloody vicars coming to do assembly at school. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> at that point, you realise how professional thought for the day actually is. <laughs> yes, that's right. Oh, I hate thought for the day so much. Jesus is like milk. That on the hour had you remember yes. Monsignor Tree Lopez? <laughs> yes. It was no because thought for the day is, is is so it's that it's so clangingly poor. It's like you may have seen on the news recently <laughs> that uh, and it like so it, even if they go sometimes I prefer it. I think if they go, everyone in Syria is on fire. Um, yeah. It's better than when they say you may have seen all the news recently that Wacky yeah. Story Seven B and, and <laughs> reminds yeah, me but, a little. But actually, let's take Jesus this seriously. Likes Wacky Stories. Yes. <laughs> so, so Jesus uh, told some really wacky stories, Nick. No, it would always be something like um, today we learn that somebody who won the lottery thought he'd lost his ticket, but at the last minute he found it under the fridge, and. Being a Christian can sometimes be like that. Just when you think you've lost your lottery ticket of salvation, you find it before it's too late. And when the ultimate lottery, that of spending <laughs> eternity with the Lord Jesus Christ in heaven. When I was doing my faux theology degree, we had we played a game. Me and my friend Sean played a game mm-hmm. where mm-hmm. we would uh, one of us would have to raise a topic and the other one would have to say how that was a little bit like Jesus. <laughs> So he'd be like, copiously vomiting over a baby's face. And the other one would have to say, that rem- and the game, we, we called it the reminds us of our Lord game. And that reminds us of our Lord. And we'd have to try and crowbar a sermon point out of whatever we, so the other person suggested. But I bet you probably could have most of the time. Absolutely. Very easily. Because it's lazy, lazy, lazy <laughs> thing to do. But, you know, it's just the equivalent of what um, the Now Show does and all that kind of stuff. Where, New story A, new story B. Let's smash them together with historical event C. (laughs) The other game we'd play at college was um, if we didn't know the answer to any question, we'd say say to the lecturer, ah, but what you've got to remember is that God's outside of time. (laughs) Uh, Yeah. Yeah. Well, at least least that is a notion of time that doesn't use time as a metaphor, I guess. Yeah. No, I <laughs> don't really have anything to say to that. Can, no, but can you give me a, a metaphor for time, please? Um, I don't understand what... Like, well, somebody, some people say, oh, yeah, well, time is the mechanism by which things don't happen at once. No, happening at once or not happening at once invokes time, the notion of time. So you can't say time is the thing that time is to make time time. I don't think you understand what metaphors are. I think that's the problem here. No, you want a metaphor, metaphor for time that is in no way related to time. No, that doesn't use that doesn't beg the question by using time within the metaphor. So I could easily uh, have a metaphor for something that doesn't evoke 
or use the principle I'm describing within the metaphor Give itself. Give me a metaphor for distance that doesn't invoke distance. I can do that very easily. Go on, then. You can't. That's the point. You're, of, course you, of course you can. You're the one who's begging the question, mister. I'll tell you what distance is. Distance is what is in the heart of an unbeliever. <laughs> Closeness is what is in the heart of a saved Christian. Okay? No. It's better than the, um, as I said earlier in another podcast, it's better than the theme tune of Enterprise, where they, they mention time twice. Where they, you haven't the, said t- this in a previous podcast. Well, have you, the, the, the lyrics of uh, the time... Uh, I've uh, never something. seen Enterprise. It's been a long time waiting here for me and you. And then, uh, then the time is right for me. So they repeat time within they the have two verses. words but in the theme in a, tune to a Star Trek show. You've not heard no. Enterprise's theme. No, I haven't. Oh, you're in for a hideous treat. You will not <laughs> believe what you see. I, I will um, point you to a YouTube's of the Enterprise Splendid. theme. It was famous because, of course, all Star... Well, the, the first Star Trek theme was the uh, pseudo-theremony one, but it was still orchestrated and exciting. And the only lyrics that were written for it were written by Roddenberry afterwards, so he could get some uh, royalties for it, even though they were never oh, really? they were terrible. <laughs> yeah. That. Uh, and then, of course, you had the... Next uh, Gen and Voyager had decent themes. They did DS9. Yeah, now, they all had the decent next, themes, didn't they? Now, yeah. Now, the next the next Gen theme came from the movie, which was an or- orchestrated theme. And then, um, was it Deep Space Nine that was a crib of the fanfare for the common man? Da, da, oh, yeah. Da, da, da. Uh, yeah, so they were all kind of space orchestral, which was the theme. Uh-huh. Uh, wait till you hear <laughs> what... Enterprise's theme was. You've, you've not watched Enterprise. I've never seen it, no. Oh, yes. Well, it's got your favourite actor, Mr. I like, oh, boy, in it. I love Scott Bakula. You won't like him as this captain. He's an incompetent captain. He's very rubbish. Oh, dear. Oh, well, I'll have to say goodbye then so I can show it to you. Did they ever have Dean Stockwell show up in, in, in Enterprise? I don't know what a Stephen Stockwell is. Dean Stockwell, he played Al in Quantum Leap. You don't know anything. Oh, I don't know. I hated Quantum Leap so much. I um, loved I Quantum Leap so I know you much. did. But then you also um, loved that thing with Jim Carrey and the fake the oh, fake set thing. Was um, what was that? The Truman Show. Yeah, you loved that as well. Everyone, everyone on Earth except ever. for you loved The Truman Show, in fairness. I found it one of the worst films ever, as you know. I remember. But what you are forgetting is that Natasha McKeelone has a very pretty face. I'm not sexist like you are. Oh, you don't find people's John, faces John, pretty? John, I don't see prettiness. Do you not? Oh, you're so no, divine. I only see their ability to do maths. Nick, Nick, when you say I don't see prettiness, is that because you're standing in front of the mirror? <laughs> <laughs> Shall we say goodbye to our Oh, listener? is it time? I haven't been paying attention. It is time. Plus, mainly I just want you to enjoy the Enterprise theme. Uh, the listener is, is wringing their hands, anticipating your reaction to it. Well, I'll have to wait until next time when we forget to ever mention it ever again. <laughs> Correct. Do you agree like a, that the like best a star, bit... Of... Like a Star Trek episode. Do you agree? Yes, indeed. The best bit of this episode was when Toby sang you the Twinkle Star song for the oh. third time. Yeah. What you weren't appreciating, mister... Is that the first time he sang the real version, the second time he sang the hilarious My Daddy Drives a Rusty Car version. Yeah, well, his intonation is so terrible, I don't know what he was doing. You are a fan. You need to send him to, you need to, send him to illocution. 
his, his, his elocution is terrible, but I blame that on his mother, who speaks equally poorly. Uh, true, true, true. His, um, his vocabulary, that I swear he downloads language packs at night time. <laughs> <laughs> yesterday he told me uh, yesterday i said i uh, asked him for a cuddle while he was having his breakfast um and he mm-hmm. said uh sorry daddy i'm afraid i can't do that my hands are too dirty oh, so where did i'm afraid come from he's too... i'm afraid i can't do that no he's he's he's, he's watched 2001 while oh yes of while... course last oh, night last night i asked him to lie down because it was bed it was bedtime and he wasn't lying there. i said toby can you lie down please and he said no daddy i go to talk to you for a bit now daddy and the widely gesticulated this is my whole room mm-hmm. and started telling me everything he said to me the night before no dad uh yes daddy i lie down but first but first i talk to you all night long <laughs> but first i talk to you all night long yes no, uh, that's the best bit, isn't it? When they start using slightly stale uh, <laughs> yes, aphorisms. tropes uh, and they just use them and they're quite pleased that they're using these. It's like they're trying a new toy. Well, he's complete. The, the, what's so amazing is he's so nonchalant about using them. He's just saying things like, um, I'm afraid. And, and, and oh, he had a lovely turn of phrase the other day that I've forgotten. So this is a ridiculous anecdote we should have stopped already. That's hmm. why you should never go then? past minute 44. No. Plus, we're not going to fit in a CD now. Hmm. Anyway, love you. Bye. Bye Bye-bye.